August 12th, 1851, Isaac Singer patents his sewing machine and his other invention, getting your dick caught in a sewing machine. Welcome to The Revisionist. I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. And we have another returning guest, uh, one of our favorites, one of Denver's best comics, co-host of Designated Drunkard. Please welcome back to the show, Katie Hannon, everyone. Hi, what's up? Katie, thank you for being here. I'm happy to be here. Uh, Zach, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm I'm eagerly awaiting the day when you introduce uh, a guest <laughs> and it's anything like it's even moderately like sort of average <laughs> in tone. Because... <laughs> Katie, we very much enjoy having you on this show, but literally everybody has been a favorite. And at shut some up, point, shut up, I shut up, shut up. What? Ryan. Oh, 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 God. I did. Katie, I didn't want you to find out this way. <laughs> it um, would be weird if you introed your guests and were like, eh, it's this guy. I don't really like him, but this guy, maybe this he's a fucking six. asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe Brian just doesn't doesn't know the Go. definition of the word favorite, and it's just like a very <laughs> yeah. common. Can't have. <laughs> oh god! Well, listeners, if you're new to the show, what we do each episode is uh, we take a topic from history. Uh, one person presents the official version of events, and another person comes up with a crazy batshit alternate history, and the winner becomes our accepted history. If you listen to the last episode, which was, what was, oh, uh, Paul Kruger. Kruger. Paul Kruger. <laughs> you were looking at me, I did not know. I was looking at you, I was looking at the cat. Yeah. <laughs> Neither of you had the answers the, I needed. The no, highly sorry. memorable, apparently, Paul Kruger, <laughs> since it took both of us about 15 seconds to remember. <laughs> well, he had a weird name, but it was a very good episode, um, and the... Audience judgment uh, held up that the alternate history won, where Paul Kruger was able to wield power because he had a great ass uh, that he worked on during the long trek. And thanks to Sketcher Shape Ups for sponsoring that episode also. <laughs> yeah. Um, In spite of the fact that Brian went with the easiest joke possible and made him <laughs> a dream demon who haunts the people of Britain. Because... <laughs> to be fair, I did that after a bunch of not doing that joke. Oh, okay. I thought for a second you I, said am I made I, of you were stone? Gonna... <laughs> for Sir. some reason, I assumed I assumed the end of that sentence was going to be I did that because I took a bunch of Nyquil. I just started <laughs> saying the word N. Like you said a word that started with N, and I assumed it was going to be Nyquil. <laughs> yep, that's me. That's that's the autocomplete for my entire life. <laughs> Listeners, this episode we are discussing Emperor Maximilian I, uh, Emperor of Mexico. Uh, Katie, you're doing the true history. That's correct, yes. And Zach, you're doing the alternate? Uh, sure. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> Make it up. <laughs> uh, but if we're all ready, Katie, go ahead and take it away. Okay. Um, Maximilian I of Mexico. Brian and I were talking about this before we started, and I feel like... Also, with the last one I did, Elizabeth Bathory, you guys both know more about this than I do, even after I did the well, research. So I will say this. Originally, I was going to do the real history when we first planned to record this episode. Oh. So uh, I actually do know the real history moderately well in this case. Okay. Well, jump in if you... Uh, 
If you need to, <laughs> you might need to. Okay, Maximilian I of Mexico. He was born on July 6th, 1832 in Vienna. And they wrote the song Born on the 6th of July. About <laughs> yes, they made a movie yeah. with oh, uh, yeah, that's Tom movie. Cruise. Um, yeah, uh, he was the grandson. Except of- it was spelled just like the movie was born on the 6th of the July. Uh, this was also the Tom Cruise knockoff, T-O-M-C-R-U-Z. <laughs> oh uh, Ted yeah, Ted Cruz's brother. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, Mexican that was thumb. that was a lap around the block <laughs> to get to that one. <laughs> well, it, uh, Tom Cruise was in the real Born on the Fourth of July. He's okay, not going to yeah, do this true. knockoff <laughs> asylum bullshit. I don't know. I mean. I think you're giving I like to, I Tom like to Cruise too much credit. Cruise as yeah. the asylum version of Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he is the grandson of the Emperor of Austria and the nephew of the King of Hungary. Um, his mother is. We're the same person, also. I should. Okay, he, yeah, he's sorry. his own grandpa. Is it no, that kind of a situation? I would love that more and entirely possible. Yeah, I mean, it's real hard to keep this family tree together. Um, it's true. But no, uh, Emperor of Austria, Hung- Austro Hungarian Empire. Yes. One guy held both titles. Okay. His mom was Princess Sophie of Bavaria. She was a smart, strong (laughs) lady from all accounts. Her father, I just liked this detail, uh, or his father, Maximilian's father, Sophie's husband, Franz Karl of Austria or something. Um, A biographer described him as a dim-witted man whose main interest in life was consuming bowls of dumplings drenched in gravy. (laughs) He was a famed... I wrote down the same quote. Yes! How could you not... Like How what? Could a, you not? Yeah, what a dream life, Franz. Carl I know. Lived. Like, I think he meant that as a burn, but that sounds awesome. <laughs> I know. I'm like, this is my type like, of a guy. I, I want to go to a dumpling party with Franz Carl. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, there, there's rumor that he. There were a lot of rumors that he was the illegitimate son of Sophie and Napoleon II. Uh, but that is widely dismissed <laughs> by Napoleon historians. Too. Napoleon. Oh, like Eric <laughs> the second. I don't know. I mean, no, I know. <laughs> I'm just like, every time I, th- I do that in my head all the time. Yes. The, it had almost the exact same plot as the original Napoleon. Like, how many times are you going to conquer Europe? It's ridiculous. And of course, Napoleon III mission to Moscow, which is also the same <laughs> as Napoleon the yeah. first. Of course. He was... Napoleon will return in from Russia with love. And it's like, <laughs> Napoleon, when are you going to figure this out? Russia is not your scene. <laughs> and of course, Napoleon takes Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so he was a smart kid, but undisciplined. Oh, gosh. Okay, so then his brother became the emperor of mm-hmm. Austria. Uh, and they went around... And they put down a lot of protests all over Europe. There were a lot of uh, resistance movements happening. And Maximilian helped his older brother defeat those. He didn't like it, though. He said this. Maybe you have this quote, too, Zach. He said, In the future, men will look back in horror and amazement at the injustice of tribunals, which, in a spirit of vengeance, condemned to death those whose only crime lay in wanting something different to the arbitrary rule of governments, which placed themselves above the law (laughs) that didn't seem as long as it is when i wrote it down it is half an index card so he was like kind of liberal he was liberal Mm -hmm. for the time 
Yeah. Uh, so not like not like Jill Stein liberal, but like no, I know. mean he believed in vaccinations, but yeah. <laughs> fake. Yeah, he um, actually didn't believe in autism. Is the thing? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. He couldn't. He didn't know if there was a connection. Yeah. yeah. As far as I could tell, it caused a bit of friction with his brother, who was not so mm. into the progressive stuff. Yes. And, yeah. uh, whom even in childhood he had a, a kind of a rivalry with like he was always trying to outshine his brother as a kid yes and so his brother became king he has no real power i mean he's like rich as fuck but he doesn't run anything so then napoleon the second decides or the third is it the second or the third he decides mexico owes him a debt and he wants to get some power there, get some money back. So he hooks up with some conservatives in Mexico and they decide to find a ruler to uh, set up in Mexico. They go to our boy Maximilian from Hungary. He thought apparently... Napoleon the III. Napoleon the Third. thank you. So apparently Maximilian thought that the people had elected him king, which is like (laughs) (laughs) crazy. I didn't, that was from one source I saw. Yeah, I, like what I gather, and I'm not sure how accurate this is, but I love it if it is, is that they just, like the Austria, like the Austrian monarchy just told him that that's what happened yeah it seemed like some people just came to him and were like yeah they chose you like everyone in mexico was just like we should pick that guy maximilian like he's he said some cool stuff he knows spanish like and that's like exactly the plot of she's all that is the thing i mean he killed those resistance fighters but he felt super bad about it he felt really bad about it yeah he's the guy for us we gotta have him um, so he, I don't, I, I only, the Encyclopedia Britannica online said that he thought they had elected him, but I don't know if he really did. So, yeah, so he was like approached by conservative Mexicans, uh, who didn't like Benito Juarez, who was in power, I the, yeah, guess. Yeah. Like the elect, the first, I believe the He's first a president. president. Yeah, president. So he sailed to Mexico with his wife, Charlotte. Uh, and was crowned on June 10th, 1864. So he's like 31 mm. at this point. Um, he did, he actually wanted to like be a good ruler and he viewed himself as the protector of Indian peasants, which of course he did. <laughs> he's like <laughs> living in a castle. Um, you know what? I'm pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, talk about a white savior complex. Um, <laughs> And, oh, he lost... He actually, he wore a safety pin around on his pocket. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, he lost all of his Austrian titles when he did that, but he didn't know he was going to lose his Austrian titles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the more the more that this story turns into an elaborate oh, prank on like him, the more scheme. I remember yeah. it's my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, so he found out the day before he sailed to Mexico, like, you're not any... You're losing all your titles. Um, so, yeah, I don't think he was happy about that. <laughs> um, but so he did. He upheld a lot of um, Juarez's reforms. Uh, like, I think Juarez had uh, instituted, like, v- larger voting rights for different classes, religious freedom. And he offered him the role of prime minister, uh, which Benito Juarez turned down. And Benito Juarez went north. <laughs> 
in Mexico near the border of Texas. Um, so he was like not doing what the people who had hoodwinked him told him to do. <laughs> they, he was, yeah. they weren't pleased. The conservatives were mad. The church was mad because he was like letting people be whatever religion. Um, but he did, he did a, a few other things. He like restricted working hours, abolished child labor, uh, canceled debts above 10 pesos for peasants, uh, forbade corporal punishment and like stopped the buying and selling of peons for their debt. Peons is the best word. Too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, his wife, Charlotte became Carlotta uh, and she would have like parties in their castle to help pay for like peasants houses, <laughs> I guess. Um, they also like adopted, I'm doing finger quotes, um, <laughs> the grandsons of a guy who was like briefly the prime, the emperor of Mexico. And, but they were just like using those children to try and get his brother to give him an heir because they didn't have any kids. Wait, what? <laughs> so he, like, there are these two yeah. boys, the grandsons of Augustine Iturbide. I don't know how to say that. Uh, and he was like, they're going to be my heir. But he was like, was not going to let them be the heir because they didn't have royal blood. Mm. So he was just like trying to force his brother to give him a kid, I guess. Yeah, his, his brother... <laughs> Not content with taking his titles and banishing him to Mexico, was trying to squeeze him out of that Mexican emperorship by saying he didn't have any legit heirs. Yes. So um, that's just, just another. Like he wanted his brother to give him a kid. Like, <laughs> from where? Yeah. No, one of from his, like his children. Silo. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One of his, uh, like heir, his, like his third kid or something. I don't know. Yeah, um, one of the shitty ones. Yeah. <laughs> not a firstborn. So who cares? Um. So then things weren't going well because people were, well, what happened was the American Civil War ended <laughs> in 1865. And at that point, the U.S. wanted France to leave Mexico. I don't really know why. Do you know why? I don't know why they cared, but. I mean, I think, I don't know specifically why, so I was about to speculate. Um, I imagine it just has something to do with sort of the extension of the Monroe Doctrine and the idea that yes. it, okay, it, yes, yeah. the U.S. It is a guarantor of the Western Hemisphere. That's correct, yeah. Okay. It was, it was uh, to stop European overreach in North America as per the Monroe Doctrine, which was still in fashion at the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's and our business. Yes, yeah. the American no, European. No, we can, we're good. So we can just like keep... <laughs> expanding um so yeah so the u.s was helping uh juarez and his ally porfirio diaz um by like making sure they had supplies making sure france didn't have supplies uh so at this point most of maximilian's supporters desert him just are like okay never mind um (laughs) this is this is hard um my understanding of the way that the u.s was helping uh the native mexicans who wanted to take back Mexico and, and, you know, restore an actual Mexican ruler was that they were, quote, losing weapons. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There was something that they were at the border. They were just like, oh, oops, I dropped these guns. <laughs> Sorry. Like Whoever like shall help. Girls strategy. Yeah. There's a lot of petty stuff going on. Um, so at this point, Maximilian invites like ex-Confederates to come to Mexico and live uh, there in like uh, the 
Carlotta I forgot Settlement. I couldn't think of that word. I'm sorry. I'm having a really hard time with words. Like um, Carlottaville or yeah, 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 something like that. And Pina not- Carlottaville. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the best margaritas. They do. Come have a cheeseburger in paradise. Yeah. Here at, uh, yeah. What? There's no other Jimmy Buffett songs. No. Um, so uh, yeah. Math there's sucks. There's a Jimmy Buffett song called Math Sucks. What? <laughs> what? There yeah. is. <laughs> He's not wrong. Uh, that is I mean, amazing. Listen, Jimmy Buffett has a very simple platform. He's pro <laughs> fruity rum based drinks. He's anti math. <laughs> He's anti stepping on a pop top. He's pro boat drinks. How the what's like, a, what do you know all of this? Pop top. <laughs> it's from. I don't know. I think it's a. I think it's a co- the top to like a bottle of beer or soda. You're not Apparently, supposed to. Why wouldn't you step on it though? Why? Because is the if you step on like a pop a top, and everybody knows this, step one, step on a pop top. Step two, you blow out your flip flop. Oh, everybody okay. Knows. All right. Well, <laughs> you can't beat that logic, really. <laughs> I didn't realize you were a buffeteer. Yes. I didn't know that was a. <laughs> Oh, my parents very much enjoy Mr. Jimmy Buffett because they are white people in their 60s. That, I have, having met your parents, I completely understand. <laughs> that makes the most sense. Um, okay, so yeah, he invites ex-Confederates and pretty much anybody to move to Mexico. Uh, nobody, I don't think anybody really does. Um, <laughs> on October 3rd, 1865, so the Civil War ended in April, I think. Uh, in October, he... He issued the Black Decree, which basically said, like, anyone who's against me is going to die. And they, I was, so I was like, oh, this Maximilian, like, poor, he, like, got swindled. This sucks. 11,000 Juarez supporters were killed due to this Black Decree. So. Jesus. I, I was too busy looking at the fun parts. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. So a lot of Mexican people died. So then he, so Carlotta, Charlotte, goes back to Europe to try and raise funds for him. Goes to like, you know, Austria, Hungary, uh, royalty, asks them. They don't want to give her any money. She goes to Pope Pius. He's like, no. Um, so he's running out of money and supplies and um, armies because Napoleon III took most of the French troops back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he's, he, Napoleon the, III was having a real... See, it was a real Russia situation for him in this <laughs> down in Mexico. Down in Mexico way. Um, so he gets surrounded and captured. Uh, world leaders like begged Benito Juarez to spare him uh, and Juarez. And even like, I think some of like Juarez's generals, because he like was not, I mean. He did a lot for the people. Yeah, they liked him. Personally, some of the people, I guess. Yeah, um, that's like the vibe he, that they were like, he's an okay, we don't want him ruling us, but like we would have a beer with him. Right. And it my, my, under- go my ahead. understanding of the last days of his reign was that he could have gone with his wife and fled to Europe, but he decided to stay in Mexico as a matter of kind of honor. So he seemed yeah. like a, yeah, like a, an honor. He really, he person. did. I think he, lo- I think he really, he took his role seriously, but no one else did. 
di- I mean, it seems crazy to me that you like what why would you just go to a country that you have nothing to do with and be like, I'm the king of here now. You like guys, what? I heard you guys really wanted me. <laughs> yeah, like what? Um it's like it's like a middle school situation where it's like I heard you had a crush on me yeah. in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he had a big crush on Mexico back. Um so <laughs> <laughs> Juarez says no because so many Mexican people died in this struggle and he wanted to send a mes- message about foreign powers uh, trying to continue to rule in Mexico so he like sends him to death this was my favorite part um, some there was like a, he had a really loyal supporter who made an escape plan for uh, Maximilian to leave jail and get taken back to, to Austria. And Maximilian refused to do it because he didn't want to shave his beard. They were going to like disguise him. <laughs> and he was like, well, I guess he was like, no, like what if I get caught and I don't have a beard? Like <laughs> I'm going to look so like not dignified. It, just, it wouldn't be me. Yeah. <laughs> Like, if you look up a picture of this guy... Oh, his beard is so gross. Yeah, it's it gross is. and distinctive. Yeah, it's really gross. Um, It's like... It's not even a good beard. Like no, It's a bad beard. It's a bad beard. It's um, like a two-pronged beard. Yeah. It's, it's but the real... But prongs aren't, like, really well-pronged. No, it's... No. Yeah, it's patchy at best. Um, <laughs> So he didn't escape jail, and he was killed via firing squad. Uh, And his last words were, Viva Mexico, Viva La Independencia. Of course, you have to look it up on Google Translate. (laughs) I actually wrote down his kind of last speech. Like, it was a little longer than that. But before he was shot, he said, I forgive everyone and ask everyone to forgive me. May my blood, which is about to be shed, be for the good of the country. Viva Mexico, Viva La Independence. And he also asked them, not to shoot him in the face so he could have an open casket funeral for his mother. Yes. And I don't think they did. I think they shot him in the body. They shot him in the beard. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. final indignity. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then just, I don't know if you guys, so Carlotta, Charlotte is like in Europe, still doesn't know he's dead. Nobody tells her because she like had a break with reality. So she's like super paranoid thinks everybody's out to get her and she's like at his house in Belgium I think Something somewhere like that. like that and then they like forge a letter that says like hey I'm coming back like meet me here because they want to get her out of that house <laughs> so then eventually she leaves and I guess they tell her at some point that he died and then she lives in seclusion for like 60 more years yeah she lived a long time I'm just glad they had, like, the good taste to not weekend at Bernie's him for her. <laughs> they would have if it came to that. I don't know why they, like, she couldn't just stay in this house. Some I don't know what they wanted to do with it, but. I mean, I think the, because she was uh, King Leopold II of Belgium's daughter. Yes, yeah. Uh, who we've touched on him before. The impression I've got from reading other sources was basically that, they thought she was just kind of a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she sounded like she was. Yeah. She did um, seem like a bummer. Yeah. 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 Uh, they were like, oh, we want to have parties here. Like, oh, we can't have Carlotta around. 
yeah, trying to like ice my bros, girl. and she keeps talking about her dead husband. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Katie, thank you. Yep, you're welcome. Uh, Zach, if you're ready with your version of events. Uh, sure. The actual story of Emperor Max Amelian is slightly different, and the main reference point for it is um, a Mexican work called Los Hermanos del Imperio, which said, which means the Brothers of the Empire, and it's a Mexican telenovela, which is about the life of Maximilian I. Okay. So it's important to note that the rumors that he was, in fact, the son of Sophie and Napoleon II were true, which means he is the last heir of Napoleon. But he was, in fact, switched at birth because of his conniving uncle and his son who wanted to take over the throne. Um, and so he became the fake brother of his evil, of the evil son in question who was always outshining him in every way. Uh, and... Sophie herself fled to Mexico, and he was raised by a doppelganger, Sophie. <laughs> oh. Uh, just saying right now, would watch this. Yeah. Yes. While his father... Confused, but <laughs> while his father slipped well, into in a coma oh, yeah. caused by poisoned gravy dumplings. <laughs> oh, no. Ay, Dios mio. Uh-huh. A common, <laughs> a common refrain. A common refrain. <laughs> mm um, so he was obviously mistreated by his evil uncle and evil brother, while his father uh, quietly regained his health and, to protect himself, took up an assumed identity and started a revolution against uh, the, the evil brother that had ascended to the throne at this point. <laughs> Wait, so his real dad, or his fake dad? His real dad, who the had point. been... In well, his fake real dad. <laughs> oh, these telenovelas—they're hard to follow. I, I gotta say, real—I'm going to find the Spanish translation of "fake real dad" because yeah. that's the name that has to be a, a, a fucking great like fake real dad title or something. Yeah. He so um, so the dumpling dad. Dumpling is that dad who we're talking about? starts the revolution. Yeah, <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, and uh, Max, knowing his father is at the heart of the revolution, but not wanting to lose his place inside the levers of power so that he can turn everything around, has to kind of play both sides. Okay. And ultimately fakes killing many, many revolutionaries. Oh. Um, and the revolutionaries... Uh, realizing they can't win, sneak off, and for the time being, no one knows what happened to them. Okay. <laughs> um, so, obviously, the evil uncle wants to get Max out of there because, mm -hmm. I mean, he's too busy with being an oil tycoon to uh, have to contend with this wild card. <laughs> <laughs> so he sends him... To the Navy, which, in fact, Max did go to the Navy yes. and became a, a commander at a young age. What's not reported about that is that he was stranded on an island 
for a certain amount of time. Now, a lot of viewers assumed at this point in the telenovela what was happening was the lead actor had contract negotiations and was not on the show for a while. But in fact, it was an autobiographical account of, um, of his real life, of Max's real life. So the revolutionaries, led by his dumpling father... <laughs> turned out to be I'm just picturing like an actual dumpling, dumpling dad dumpling dad <laughs> dumpling turned out, father they turned out to be smugglers on the high seas <laughs> who found Max and returned him much to the evil uncle's chagrin uh, home back to Austria wait is that's this is starting to get into like Hamlet territory a little bit I feel like well, yeah, if Claudius was an oil tycoon, kind of. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the evil son who's on the throne and his father decide the new... Uh, he still marries second cousin. That doesn't really change. Except they're not really related because he's not technically the son of the evil cousin. Right. So but he okay. thinks they're that, related, so it's still but kind of fucked He thinks they're up. second cousins and he's cool with right. it. Right. And then there's a scene where he <laughs> finds out they're not second cousins and it's a big shock and they realize their love can blossom. Um, <laughs> okay. Even though they're already married. They're married, yeah. So it's like... Yeah. They never had a child, though, so maybe it was unconsummated. Uh, That's true. Possibly so. So he's sent to Mexico to get him out of the way and because they want to look at Mexico to expand expand his oil empire. Okay. And he wants so he's basically looking to buy Mexico because of all of the oil and the evil uncle that is. Mm-hmm. Is looking to buy Mexico to get at Mexico's to get it by the way and is Papa Real Falso. <laughs> so Papa that's what he's going to get called from now on. Um <laughs> So the evil uncle wants to buy Mexico to get the oil underneath it. And Mexico is having trouble paying rent. So there's not much they can do to stop him. Yeah, what can you do? Wait, paying rent to whom? Uh, I'm just going to say the evil uncle who's the landlord now. Oh, I thought you were going to say God for a second. Well. Um, Uh. Max is having trouble ingratiating himself in Mexico because he's an outsider. But then... Out of nowhere, Sophie, his real mother, who ran away at his birth, appears, having lived in Mexico his entire life, with his heretofore unknown twin brother, Mexican Max. Oh my gosh. Man, they really did not... That must have been... They phoned in that name. That must have been Sweeps Week. (laughs) It was, yeah, yeah. I mean, fake real dad, yeah, but Mexican Max, come on. (laughs) So they decide to both be the emperor of Mexico, Mexican Max, knowing the way of the people and how to ingratiate himself with the people, and Mm -hmm. Emperor Max, knowing how to be an emperor and shit like that. Yeah. (laughs) Seems like a perfect plan. What could possibly go wrong? Chocolate in my peanut butter. Um, (laughs) Meanwhile, across the sea, uh, what was it called? Rayo... Falso Papa. Papa Real Falso. <laughs> Papa Real Falso is found out by... I apologize for however I fucked that up, <laughs> yeah, by the way. No, I think it's good. Is found out by uh, the evil pair there and killed. But oh, no. some years later, Max, unable to create an heir, adopts to two children. an heir. <laughs> Zach. <laughs> Sorry, it's just... That's such a, like, a, a very... 
politic way of putting it that I liked a lot. All right, he's shooting blanks. Like, he, can't... <laughs> he comes real bad. Uh... Um, and it turns out that the two children aren't just two regular children. They're his reincarnated Rayo Falso Papa and a clone of his reincarnated Rayo Falso Papa. Wow. Wow. Now, a lot of people watching the show assumed at this point that the writers were running out of ideas. But again, (laughs) this is all based on truth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. So... The evil uncle tries a new tactic, and he adopts a new persona, that of American President Andrew Johnson, who is going to use to try and force the Maxes out of Mexico. Okay. Um, by by giving Mex- the uh, resistance a whole bunch of guns. <laughs> so just Ultimately, picture someone wearing like a crazy ass Andrew Johnson wig. Yes. By the Mexican- way, between Andrew Johnson and Max's beard, this is like the worst hair in yeah. any episode we've ever had. <laughs> yes. Meanwhile, Mexican Max falls in love with Charlotte, Emperor Max's wife. Oh, no. And the two of them turn against Emperor Max and flee, leaving him to deal with the discontented Mexican revolutionaries. So Emperor Max is eventually caught and put to death. But in his pocket... (laughs) is the Bible that Napoleon II gave him when he was a child, saving (laughs) him from the deadly bullet. They only used one bullet? Yeah, they only used one bullet. It was a mistake. They used seven bullets. That part wasn't flesh shot well in the show. They used five bullets, but they all hit the Bible. Oh, wow. It's a big Bible. Uh, Yeah, it was like a body. It was like a fucking my size Bible. All right, so he, having survived his failed execution, uh, returns back to Europe where he finds Mexican Max and reunites with them. They put their troubles aside and realize that thanks to the now deceased Napoleon III's will, they owe. (laughs) God damn it. We've discussed this. They own, between the two of them, a 51% stake in the evil uncle's oil business and are able to force him out. And together, they take over the oil empire and turn it into, like, sustainable energy, let's say. Wow. So he's like, uh, he just forgives him for stealing his wife. Well, he fell in love again with his other second cousin, let's say. Oh, okay. Was, and was this a real second cousin or a fake second cousin? I bet it like was a real. fake real second cousin. It was real cousin. this time. Yeah. <laughs> this time it was like actually related to him. And the two of them uh, spent their twilight years by uh, developing a television show based on their life. And they were the writers of the telenovela that took Mexico by storm. And that's the true story <laughs> of Maximilian I of Mexico. Wow. Oh, that is... Shocking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Zach, thank you. Sure. Um, Before we get to judgment, real quick, listeners, uh, we ask if you have the time and the inclination that you rate and review the podcast on iTunes. We're really pushing for that right now because it's super helpful to us, Uh, written reviews especially. Uh, And as always, you can... Leave us a comment or ask us a question and find news and links and all that crap at revisionistpodcast.com. 
any of our social media feeds, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, all, all of that. Um, and you can support the show over on Patreon, where, among other things, including the Jeff Tice Design t-shirt, which is amazing, uh, have only a few of those left. Um, you can also buy the right to vote uh, on the show. Oh. Not like in America. <laughs> uh, like, wow, that's handy. Yeah. Too bad you guys didn't think of that before November. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Except the right to vote in America, or at least to meaningly affect the vote, is a far more expensive than our yeah. Patreon page. <laughs> if um, the Koch brothers ever support us on Patreon, they are going to dictate the result of every episode. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And suddenly climate change won't be real. We'll have to do some like refiguring the, the districts. For that. <laughs> climate change doesn't exist is the alternate history every week at that point. <laughs> yeah, it's actually true. Um, so, Katie, yes. uh, I mentioned before you co-host Designated Drunkard. I do, yes. Which, uh, do you want to explain the show real yeah, quick? Yeah, so it's a comedy drinking game. So... Uh, myself and my co-host Byron Graham, we come up with a list of things that comics are prone to do or say, and that list is behind them on stage. And if they do anything, the comics do anything on the list, the crowd drinks, one of us drinks, we all drink. It's fun. It's super fun. I did, I did it once. And one of the things on my list was has NPR voice, <laughs> which I fit totally fair. We all got very drunk, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's the first Saturday of every month at. Comedy Room Room at El Chirito. Uh, that's an amazing show. You also are the host of the open mic at Syntax Physic Opera in Denver, yep. which is one of the best regular comedy shows you can Thank go you. to. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. It's super fun. They have good food and drinks Wednesday mm. at 8 p.m. As for, as for me, uh, the next Nighttime Tonight is happening August 17th, uh, third Thursday of every month. Come check that out. We have a really good lineup this month. Uh, I have that fiction piece in Cherry Magazine. It might be hard to track down a physical copy at this point, but you can always go to their Patreon page and pledge and get access to the electronic copy, not just for uh, the summer issue that I had a piece in, but for all the upcoming issues. And you should really do that because it's an amazing magazine. Also, by the time this is out, I will have been on the most recent episode of the Denver Pizza Podcast, which is... Uh, part of our podcast network that we have recently joined and it's a very fun show where we eat pizza and review pizza and that sounds fun yeah hopefully, i didn't know about that i don't want to spoil anything uh hopefully ian's pizza does not have shooters out because they will be coming at my head <laughs> um, <laughs> did that sound authentic <laughs> did that did it sound like i earned that at all <laughs> But, uh, Zach, also, you have uh, Stage of Fools episodes are always available uh, until the next, and then the next season will be starting up eventually. Yeah, that's true. And I, I'm always appearing on random shows like uh, Sophomore Lit or Kill by Kill, the Friday the 13th podcast, mm-hmm. or Alcoholywood, or, or whatever. Yeah, they're oh. all fantastic shows, which you should check out. And now it comes down to Judgment. I've been wanting to do this episode for a while. Uh, Zach alluded to it uh, earlier. Actually, this may have been cut from the show, but because um, <laughs> I can't remember if it was before or after recording started. 
Yeah, um, we're going to get the continuity error segment of this episode <laughs> on IMDb is going to be off the chart. At least I won't fucking, at least I won't mislabel this episode because we, I thought this would have been episode 50, but this is 49. Um, I like, I like the idea that there's one IMDb for podcasts user who is deeply upset about the continuity errors in this show. <laughs> like, yeah, they never said that. Our goofs section is just filled with the angriest commenters. Um, I think the problem is that we, the goofs are not funny enough is the problem mostly. <laughs> goofs is in quotation marks on our goofs section. Uh, they claim uh, this telenovela bit was funny, but it was not. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we, I was about to get into the same fucking continuity error. We were going to do this episode previously uh, with uh, Chicago, now Chicago comic Grace Thomas, but scheduling errors got in the way, and I've been wanting to do this episode for a long time uh, because I love this story so much because it's batshit. So I am a little bit torn between the real history, uh, out of like, obviously. Katie, you did an amazing job Thank you. with it <laughs> and the fact that I do love it. But I also, I think I have to go with the alternate just because the amount of, really, it's just that I like picturing Zach sitting there watching telenovelas, <laughs> doing research. research, and then just getting like super into it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I like Ooh. picturing. So that's my judgment. Uh, I open it up now to listener voting, uh, which again, you can do on our Patreon page. But I think that'll do it for this episode. And uh, I just want to say, um, if La Amor Forbidden could just bring back Carlos, I think the show would be so much stronger. It just hasn't been the same. Just a plea if anybody's listening. I'm sure they are. I'm sure the right people we, do we that are listening. We have a audience share among Mexican telenovela producers oh, great, yeah. and executives at Univision. Mm-hmm. Do you like how I don't know enough Spanish? Uh, I just had to say La Amor, and then I just said an English word because I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice. So. Yeah, well, for everyone here at The Revisionist, I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach. Oh, um, Mayamo Zach Powers. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Smooth. <laughs> uh, have a good time. <laughs> <laughs>